Hello, everybody. Hello, Interabang. Hello, Michelle. Hi. How is every how's it going for everybody? I'm doing all right, you know. Just excited about a little end of the year cheer. Holiday season, yeah, is um whether or not you celebrate the specific holidays, but I think uh the whole world or most of the whole world definitely starts to change. So it's unavoidable a little bit if you're in the more modern world. But yeah, things are changing. Schedules are being altered. And are you usually using different synonyms for changing? Am I? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. yeah. There's only so many, <laughs> so many ways you can express that. <laughs> You caught me. Um, thanks for the period feedback. of adjustment and hopefully rest. You know, for everyone, one and all, rest, healing, reflection, planning, anticipating, taking a break, stepping back. Yeah, whatever you're. Yeah, whatever you're. Yeah, whatever your position you're trying to take, or if you're with or without family. You know how you who you're spending this time with. I uh, I hope it's a pleasant one. For you, Stephanie and Interabang. I hope it's Yeah. I'm looking forward to some delicious food for one. Mm-hmm. And um spending time with my little hobbies. My many little hobbies. That's having a little bit more time. Yeah, yeah. That's Very good. excited about that. How about you? What are you excited for? Uh... Rain check. I'm not sure yet. Nothing's come to mind. Okay. I'm still kind of in the, I'm currently kind of in the thick of, of working, enjoying it, but not able to really focus on what time of year it is. But, it's a bit uh, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel think, like I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that it was, um, you know, the wintry holidays uh, until my workplace declared uh, an ugly sweater mm. um, contest. And I think we had like a team photo. And then I saw everyone in their equally horrific sweaters. They're actually quite nice, but uh, <laughs> uh, I guess it with passes is ugly. Um, but you no, know, I was very excited, and suddenly everything felt it clicked for you. Place it was like, ah, okay, it's this time of month, or this time of year. Yeah, I like that. That's sweet. So yeah, so thanks for for joining us today in Terabang. Um, just another disclaimer, we did this, um, I think, in the past episode, but I just wanted to let you know, and you may have noticed, again, by the longer uh, timestamp for this episode, but um, we do spend a little bit more time indulging um, and having a lot of fun. Um, and so we will might uh, be reaching closer to that hour mark instead of our usual 40-minute time mark. Um, just kind of talking about the topic we have planned today. Um, but as always, if you would rather, you can um, skip ahead to the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so um, to hear about the music we have to share for this episode. So just wanted to be transparent with you there. I think um, I think one thing that I'll be seeking, I need to seek more of just in general throughout the year, and it's um, kind of part of my opener a little bit of, um, and also kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh and that's, um, you know, how, what do you like to do to escape or where do you like to go? Um, and with this term of escape, it's more of like the idea of getting like a respite from maybe the more like mundane aspects of day-to-day living that could maybe be a little bit stressful or 
just kind of, um, yeah, just that routine, the grind of it all. And so the question of like escape. I'm sorry, did you say respite or respite? I said respite. Is it respite? I think I believe it's respite. I'm very sorry. Thank you. you. Yeah. Respite. Thank you. I couldn't hold on to it any longer. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't blurt it out like 20 minutes from now. Oh, thank you for doing that. Um, (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, whether it's something um, that you actually like, there's a place you go to or like you'd like to go to like physically or if it's in your mind and if it's like in your mind and imagination, is it because, you know, one of the things I do partially answering the question just for myself is like reading a book and certain books or picture books. I feel, you know, I'm able to not actually have to go anywhere I can stay where I'm at, but I can kind of um, still have an escape. I like that idea. You know, I'd, I'd say I like that idea. I have participated. I have partaken in this idea of many escapes with many books to many worlds and many characters' minds. And I kind of like that, you know, with various different books, different authors, there's different perspectives you know, you can gain. And even though you are one individual, Michelle, you can feel like you've lived many lives by, you know, reading biographies or reading fiction, nonfiction, you know, the whole breath, you know, and then you feel like you've lived many lifetimes, even though you may have just been sitting on your couch the whole time. Yeah. You get to live vicariously through characters and there's not as there's lesser judgment because it's just you and you're like, oh, it's so, you know, oh, it's so interesting. I get to be this character who I could never be in real life or something and I get to try to understand how they're feeling and their emotions and empathize with them or not empathize or um, just have to do you do you when you read a book and like say the protagonist is like you know fulfilling some mission or something do you think that you are part of them or you're just like a little parrot or something just you know sitting on their shoulder just kind of observing it because I generally feel like that but maybe that's just the perspective of the books like they never say or some of them say like, oh, I did this, I did that. But some of them are, yeah, some of them are written in first or, or yeah, the tense that are written in varies. For me, though, for your question, which is a great one, um, and terribly, I don't know about you, but for me, it kind of varies for some arbitrary reason, depending on the, the way the piece is written and, um, maybe just how, for whatever reason, I'm connecting to, to the narrative, to the plot. Um, don't know why. Um. But yeah, and I was also just thinking, I mean, like the term, um, you know, beach read, like this book is a beach read. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how common of a term that is around the world, but that's something that I've been kind of familiarized. My understanding is like, you know, it's something, it tends to be like light reading um, because it's something you can read and comprehend like while you're sitting on a beach in the hot sun where there's wet breeze blowing and you might have frequent distractions um i think it's a similar category it's marketed like um books that you would read on an airplane like it's like not the densest of textbooks and that's where like at those air- airport bookstores they tend to kind of be like biographies or maybe like a self-help book or like a very like a light fiction uh, uh maybe a light science mm, it's like sorry. lighter reading i can't relate I've never been really drawn to it, but I kind of liked that. I, I like that idea. I mean, I think there's books I like to bring to the beach and to read on airplanes, but they tend to not be 
in that specific genre that's marketed. I'll bring anything on the beach or yeah, it's I, kind I of like whatever I'm feeling, but I've, I can, I'll bring anything to wherever I need, like whatever book I'm in the middle of. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the genre, it's just but I kind of like whatever is currently unfinished. <laughs> yeah, whatever seems to be finished. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the beach read idea because it's like to me, it's like a double level of escape. And it's not necessarily beach read. I guess it could be like if you just go hiking or a camping trip or something on vacation. Sure. So it's like you're escaping by like going to physically going to another place. And sure. then you're like escaping further by like bringing a book or something. You know? I guess. It's like a Although, double layer. When I, when I like go out from not my, from outside my domicile. I like to kind of focus on not being in my domicile. So I don't know if I generally bring books a lot to like a lot of places. Mm. Like some occasionally, but it's not my comfiest thing. Like I won't necessarily bring a book to a cafe, although I have done before. But it's kind of jarring because like there's people out there judging you. <laughs> or maybe they're not. But, you know, you feel, I feel a little self-conscious. Okay. Um, when I'm in public, and then you feel you feel, you feel very seen, mm-hmm. and everyone else is not necessarily hauling out books in a library or a bookstore. It's a safe place because <laughs> everyone's doing the same. Everyone's there for books. Uh-huh. Well, that was kind of my next question of like, you know, where the the process of obtaining books, I think, is kind of mm. interesting. I wanted to to kind of venture in you mean there. you mean like acquiring books or buying books or yeah you know. like there's you know there's um you know you could just get a library card go to your public library and rent you know just uh, check out books you could purchase them you could share with friends do book exchanges book clubs um in areas where i've lived they have those little book house things that are open to the public and free where you put They're in a book and take children, a book though, right uh, not where I've, I've lived. They're for all okay. ages. Like okay. they're like community little book houses that are like stationed sure. outside in neighborhoods or on these public streets. Um, also, just um, you know, a whole thing now. The past ten or so years is you know the online uh, ebooks. So just, oh, yes. just you know, you have a tablet or some some device, and you can download. Yeah download it or even just a pdf yeah yeah so for for you stephanie what if you i mean and maybe this has evolved or changed i know from, from i me have read from both um like the pdf version and the physical copy and i'll be honest i have raced through some pdfs i mean it's not the catchiest way of reading a book but you know it sure is very accessible you know um but I, i'm quite old-fashioned so i prefer my physical physical books and you know uh hardback if this is preferable mm-hmm. um if that's an option uh are you a book are you like a book collector are you a book collector or do you only purchase books that you like have a full wholehearted interest in reading because you know there's a thing you can do is you can collect books because of like, it would, would you collect books because of it's like rarity or yeah would you like it's like it's rare or it's in reading them well that's what i was saying i mean i, I mean you could be still curious to read them but if i'm wondering like if you're a book collector um because i just know personally you know you do have quite a few books um Uh, yeah i do i do of of a wide array of topics and so and some of them of what you've shared with me is you know they're i have every intention to read 
every single okay. one of them. So you don't just point. buy them based only because like, oh, this is an antique or this is a limited edition no, like, or it's I, a signed copy or, da, 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 you know. Not necessarily because if there's no interest in the book, like it sounds kind of harsh to those authors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have interest until I've read the cover, you know, or the the synopsis thingy. Um, but if, if if something like sufficiently intrigues me enough, then I'll consider purchasing it right or or okay. you know borrowing it from the library or something like there's no point i think to get a book that i have no interest in that's just a waste of money like waiting for it to accrue in value over the years is like i don't know mm-hmm. i don't want to sell something that i don't value i mean i guess that's the best thing to sell but i'm not of that businessy mindset you know Mm-hmm. I'm not in there to gain more money. I'm there for the enjoyment of your own self. Other, yeah, knowledge interest. enrichment or, you know, story sure. escapism or whatever the I kind the, of the book might be about, you know? No, I definitely yeah, purist, I, I suppose. Okay. Fair enough. Fair. Um I think for me, I have also dabbled a little bit in um electronic versions. A lot of times it's honestly just been for school textbooks because it's cheaper mm. options because mm-hmm. uh physical school textbooks are just they're very useful for like finding particular topics exactly because they're so um long and lengthy and everything Uh, but for like personal reading or even like i mean i've taken like literature courses or philosophy courses Mm -hmm. i do like to have the physical book and you know i i have a bookshelf where i live and i've kind of like dragged these books around with me (laughs) wherever i've moved and um have i'm looking at my bookshelf now and the second shelf is looking a little bent shaped already um you know the bookshelves have had to be replaced it. and um with the books have remained uh, <laughs> but uh i don't know for some reason i like to just see them all physically they're in you know they're in my living room they're within sight you walk in you see it all the time and you know by just reading the spines reading the cover uh, the titles of them all i don't know i just like how it just kind of helps remind me of the thing their worlds or the worlds or even just for a split second it kind of takes me back um whether or not i've even read them because it might take me back to the you know to remembering when i bought them and what my intentions were or where i was in life at that time or do you I- do you ever have this thing mm-hmm. um where like you go to a bookstore or a library or some some place where there are like a lot of books and then you see a book that you've read and you really liked it and then you give it a little like wink or a little smirk to be like you know acknowledge that you know no i feel am i the only one am i just crazy sometimes i'll see you know like a lovely book like harry potter i'm like oh i had great memories of you know reading harry potter even though it's not the exact book itself but like it's like it's by the same author i mean it's you know um but it's got to be a secret read if if i haven't read the book before then i'm not gonna like are you gonna wink at someone you'd never met before (laughs) like that no i'm not that kind of person i kind of like the if you know you know a little exactly exactly secret i know book can't wink back but i'm like uh you know yes got it i think um i like that a lot one thing that i've done i've not really heard many other people doing is i've been i don't like do it a lot um i've i've by chance kind of come across it but like when you go to a book signing where an author mm-hmm. will come and discuss the book and you can uh, buy it or get a discount and they'll sign it or something. I've had a few mm-hmm. encounters with authors of books, so not that they were 
I wasn't like actively pursuing those more of like, oh, this is being neat. To, I just like to, it helps me appreciate a book more that I might not be that mm-hmm. interested in, but just to understand. There's like a person behind it, not just pages. Yeah. And here's a story behind it and put a face to the name. And I don't know, it's a, it helps. I think it's a fun way to get a different type of relationship with a book. Um, but one thing I like to do, and I've been able to do a few times because maybe it's not very crowded or I've been like just off to the side with the person is um, instead of just them signing like the first you know inside the cover I ask them to sign without and I don't look at it I look away and I ask them to sign one of their favorite parts of the book within it oh yeah that's special and then when I read it later on I I stumble across the page with it so do they know the exact page like page 157 or something yeah they're usually I mean take that's why I say this is I've been blessed to have like enough time for them to kind of locate it oh sure sure um, I've not done this with books that are like a thousand plus pages. These have been just a few hundred page books. Sure. Um, so it's nothing crazy because they kind of just know the chapter and they find it. Yeah. Um, but I've done that with a few books I have. And um, that's a good idea. I it's like it's just a nice little surprise of like, because I forget where it is every time. And I'll like read and it. And it makes it kind of like personal, but it's not like they wrote your name on it. It's But it's no. like their personal kind of thing and sometimes they I sometimes like they like circle and they go this part like haha or and you know but sometimes they just put their sure. name so i don't know why but like you don't know why it resonates with them so strongly yeah um, that's that's something that i do it's, that I, it's it's like seeing a little bit of someone's inside joke and mm-hmm. now that you know that there is an inside joke you're a little bit part of the inside joke even if you don't quite fully comprehend that joke but it's more inside than the general public say is yes yeah like that and I just think, yeah, so I was, so yeah, when you mentioned the little wink you do at books, I was like, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a there's kind of a silence about that. I'm, I'm sure there's other people who might do the same thing, but we oh, just- surely, surely we, just don't know. we mustn't be like the only nuts people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a terrifying neighbor. Everyone's I think that's good. A, I like that about books because it's a private relationship. It's so personal. Yeah. It's personal. And I mean- It means something different for everyone. Yeah. It can be neat to learn that someone might be feeling the same way about a book and like oh that's your favorite too that's a great note but part of like I kind of think it's nice just look I like this book for this reason and that's just how it's it a is. very like heartfelt thing I think and I think um and how it came about is just how whenever it happened one thing I think about is like um growing up so I mean for me my journey with book selection has definitely changed as I've aged because like you know, as an adult, I can like, I feel like I can get anything I want. But I was growing up, mm, it was mm-hmm. my school library. I went to a small private school. Have that, limited access. And it was Catholic as well. And so this was, sure. uh, Harry Potter was banned. It was a big controversy with the parents. They banned oh, it. It was a huge uproar because they initially brought them in and then they took them away. Oh, um, not an issue in my household because my parents were fine with buying them. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. So I was able to read ha- them. Ha- I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. But, you know, it was like I scoured that school library and it wasn't mm. hard and I was reading and reading and reading. Um, and that was kind of like my world. This is like kind of pre-internet E mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't have an allow. I can't just go buy books. And I mean, we like went into bookstores randomly, but it wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't the same. A frequent and, activity to purchase a book. Yeah. And then when I went yeah. to my high school library, yeah, it was a little bit more, but it wasn't until I went to university. Uh-huh. And like, I'd go and, you know, there's where I, I we went to the same university, you know, there's very large campus, ex- immense resources and many libraries of absolutely different departments. And, and it was shocking. It's Can I, can I also say world-class library now that I've 
grown a little mm-hmm. and heard about you know just different libraries of the world this is up there guys so great yes i am very grateful for the opportunity where we attended um but that was just incredible and mm, um the variety and everything. yeah I just remember like the science section, like, you know, like the science section in, in mm. primary school. It, I don't know. But then this it's like a like, limited, you know, limited couple of shelves. And then you come to the, the, the university one and it's like a whole the physics library and it's floors <laughs> and, um, and whatnot. Uh, Floor to ceiling, yeah. you know, rows upon rows of shelves and just, you can get lost in it so well and easily and happy place for me. I love just getting Same. lost in, you know, less people more books and finding a a quiet a quiet little aisle to just sit in and 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 just flip through things so i think that shaped me squat squat (laughs) on a stool just fond memories of just piles of books next to me and just squatting on a stool and reading it and then just and then and then they're and then they're open late you a lot of times they're open late so like you're not confined to like when school hours are done at 3 p.m or whatever you have to and the borrowing periods were so long so generous I yeah. think I had a book for a better part of the entire school year and no one like requested it. So I was like, all right, I guess I get it. And then keep reading this book. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been, I've been gracious to live in, as an adult in some older and larger cities and their public libraries are a similar kind of very different. I mean, from where I grew up in, in the suburb area. Um, so I've always enjoyed that process of how I, my, my personal growth and journey but also like <sighs> big sigh because I start like getting activated just thinking about it but like required reading <laughs> school required reading summer reading list active, activated how- like not trigger but it's like it kind of brings about this like looming stress and mm. like I feel so- sometimes I felt like the magic of a book was really just Take wrong them. out like for standardized tests I took mm. you know advanced classes in English in high school and the way we had to analyze certain books that I was reading for the first time for me became just very dry I have a, I have a possible life hack although it's too late for either of us um in what but, way in always or just in this regard? so for our perhaps younger mm-hmm. younger listeners who are of age to um you know read required readings read the book before you're assigned them that way you can read at your own pace yeah um and you can take the story in and then when the time the teacher assigns you read chapters one through five all tonight you know and it's like an ominous 500 page thing mm-hmm. and you have to and you, and you, you like, already and you, you already know the story yeah you already know the story and all you have to do is just annotate perhaps you know like the feelings of the character or something but you've already you've already taken in the heart of the story you know mm-hmm. you've already read it um and so my mother was wise enough to acquire the reading list a year early <laughs> so we'd read them all in the summer like we'd you know take them off of some previous years um students and just ask them beg them for the list so we could just read them uh, you know read during the summer mm-hmm. and i think that was a good way because i actually quite enjoyed a lot of the reading some of them were a bit of a drag but that mm-hmm. was just the nature of the material not necessarily the assignments right because mm-hmm. i'd already internalized the the general story or you know whatever the piece may be yeah no that's a great hack I, I, that's a great tip i think uh yeah and for that reason of me not doing that but deep down feeling like you know what? i think that's actually i could enjoy this i've held mm-hmm. on to i held on to some 
and read them years later and was like, yeah, I, I did actually like this. I remember some of the ones that like a lot of my classmates did not like, but I quite liked was, um, I don't know, like Catch-22 or mm-hmm. uh, some of like, I guess they're more schizophrenic. Like they're all, that's not the right word, but it's like they're all over the place. Like the a little, narr- little, little bit about, about neurosis maybe. Bounces back and forth. Yeah. The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner. Like mm-hmm. if you read it by itself, especially for a signed reading, it, it feels like a drag and you don't know where it's going. Like all the narration switches up a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But if you just kind of take it a, like as overall piece, you know, yeah. not as a word for word then you can kind of get the matter and then analyze a word for word after that. But um, yeah, I kind of like the the ones that are all over the place because not everyone could always appreciate them. Whereas, you know, Romeo and Juliet, classic, you know. (laughs) Well, Shakespeare to me, I mean, so I was thinking, I always been curious, like, Sure. You know, in the States, I mean, the reading lists have varied slightly from what I've just talked with people. And I kind of like, because I feel like everyone, everyone kind of assumes everyone read the same books but they didn't mm-hmm. sometimes they no. varied a little bit it's kind of interesting it depends like, on your school or curriculum yeah. or and state the, or something the selection i think is really interesting because it plays i mean if everyone had to read it then even if you didn't really pay attention that much you still get a retain a You're little aware. bit of it yeah yeah and it shapes you and it's during such an impressionable time of your life and so Absolutely. you are influenced by it, whether you really part want of your life is that book experience Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I remember but like Shakespeare. I mean, that was something that my parents like my 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 parents still speak about like, oh, God, like just what drudgery. I mean, it's just brutal. And it's like this like weird like rite of passage in the States. I mean, probably other countries as well for English speaking countries or not. But like, England for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone just has to get through it. And they make you read so much of it. And it's like, people are openly like I don't understand what we're reading at all it's technically English but you know I don't understand what's going on and I just like for me I'm very grateful because I at one point I eventually did come to that moment of like eureka of like I get this I get when when was that moment do you remember I do um I had a wonderful English mainly uh, world literature course um, at my fresh first year at university and um there is um where we went in the state where we attended there was this very renowned traveling um shakespearean performance group many of them Ah. were trained over in london London london-based shakespearean trained actors and was i with you because i think i'm remembering this performance sorry no but i talked to you well they well they visited and performed at our school was it you may may have attended the performance was it richard the third uh they could come every year and they would do various plays which one did you see? Um, I didn't go to the performance. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I interrupted your story. Go ahead. Um, we had the wonderful opportunity where they came to our class, two classes ah, in a row. Right, it was, it was right. a small class, about 15 or so. And cool. three of the act main actors came to the class and read with us and showed us their methodology and approach mm-hmm. to how they read and perform mm-hmm. and understand mm-hmm. and flesh out Shakespeare. And we were reading Twelfth Night. Um, mm. we would go over certain scenes with the actors and mm-hmm. they would tell us what was going on and how you could perform this you know the difference between the written and it performed spoken mm-hmm. and written and everything and it was just like it, they just kept drilling it okay again again and then you could just see everyone's little like eyes lighting up like oh, 
you know, I get it, I get it. it, They get it. And then my teacher was like very like long haired liberal arts (laughs) professor. I mean, he was the epitome (laughs) of just one. He would just ramble. His classes were just rambling of him of just like various. Just lecturing on and to Glassian students. Just connecting. He connected at one point the song Payphone by Maroon 5 to um, Christian Bale's Batman voice to, I believe it was. um, Quite a reach. Uh, middle March in like 20 minutes. It'd be stuff like that. I don't even, okay. you didn't know how to take notes, but we, at our okay. university campus, we have this really majestic fountain. One of those that is only turned on during um, beginning and end of semesters to make parents proud and impressed. Um, I always wondered why that was never on. Yeah. It's now only on when they want people. Only for, show, only, only for show. Only for show. <laughs> but this, this is the beginning of the year. So it was still on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it looked pretty and everything and he was just he was like students we shall storm the fountain and take it over and we're like what and then he's like just grab your books and we will flee and we will he he was like passionate and so we went outside and it's there's people walking around but we had to get on to the statue and get one of us had to get into the water and we had to I'm sure that like violates so many rules. It did, but it, nothing grounds. was a problem um, because it was clearly a class <laughs> activity. Fantastic. So he was yelling at us. He was directing us to be more and more passionate oh and scream it uh, or whatever the scene was. And you had to just let go and completely <laughs> give yourself to Shakespeare. And um, Oh my goodness. So that semester, I... Uh, gave I yourself to Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 but um, I think, you know, another topic I wanted to talk about and ask... Um, mm. censorship because one of the required readings i had i believe it was in junior high was fahrenheit 451 by red bradbury and mm-hmm. touched and then from then we went into other kind of dystopian novels like 1984 in high school and i feel uh, like i covered censorship in sixth grade so Brave new world say to me <laughs> yeah but i just think that's something that books have an entire thing sure. like, sorry sure. for you a bit here but like you know i think books through history written entity you know have played a large role in the spread of ideas and or lack thereof lack thereof and propaganda or there's always the agenda behind writing you know i think there's a famous phrase whenever you're instructed to find a primary source uh, Mm. for something for reporting you well you can't even trust primary sources because they're all biased yes they're all biased but um, but I think I think once you factor in that yes the author will have a bias no matter who's writing even for like a something as you know theoretically mundane as a or unbiased I should say as like an encyclopedia you know Encyclopedia Britannica mm-hmm. you know Britain it's probably going to be a little bit imperious <laughs> imperialist you know mm-hmm. um. So yeah, you just gotta acknowledge that yeah, biases exist, and then move on with that acceptance. I think, yeah. um, at least, I mean, this is coming from someone who lives in a thankfully first world country and has grown up knowing nothing else but that mm-hmm. my entire life, right? Um, but I am very aware that there are <laughs> quite a few places in the world that are not necessarily so open and friendly towards all manners of thinking and um 
or like religious yeah. like religious texts as well is quite yeah. controversial i mean it's uh, yeah the, the and like different translations you know they mm-hmm. they come out to mean different things even though the heart of the matter is like the same the gravity of mm-hmm. so that's why i think of like i mentioned like with my bookshelf being on full display and people can walk in and they can see what i'm at least interested in buying and and mm-hmm. okay with showing off to guests i mean um i think that's uh what do you have like clandestine um some clandestine books that you'd rather people don't see not trying to out you or anything i was just um no i mean i'm i i there are some books i'm aware are not i mean not at this point in time of recording maybe not the most uh controversial but at the same time have sparked debate they're more okay. like philosophical books um sure. and um i have gotten a few comments about them um and uh I can sense a little bit of friction, um, but of like, oh, that's how she thinks the world works or something. Um, I definitely don't agree with everything on my bookshelf. Um, and that's part of why I like to have such a wider, I like to have a wide array of things on my mm-hmm. shelf. It's not like, because that's why I like to read things that try to change my mind or expand my mind. Yeah, to get um, different perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. what's the harm in seeing the other point of view? Yes. Yeah. Um, being a dead fool's. I find being a devil's advocate for everything, mm-hmm. even for things you're very sure of, is kind of helpful to gain a perspective on what the other side might think, right? Um, I agree, yeah. So that way you come not come off as like less confrontational, but like you 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 can see the reasoning behind another side and not just dismiss them as like a ludicrous, you know, hoity toity, whatever. Um Thing who just doesn't have brain cells you know <laughs> like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're they're valid individuals with viewpoints that and here's why they they might make sense to someone else i yeah. guess no no that's a great point and then also i've i've kind of forgot to mention sorry on terabang but um stephanie and i both um we're saying books um and you know books or you know books of poetry but uh i know if at least i can speak for myself uh whatever reason i never really got into comic books um or kind of the different types of i think comic books for me could be a rabbit hole and it's just an untapped yeah. field so we definitely don't want to just gloss over um that is a very respectable and valid genre of books um comic we... books um manga manga yeah. as well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so Please don't think we're discrediting. No, not at all. I just did yeah, this. Uh, this whole episode uh, is definitely kind of a, a capsule of our our individual journeys with with this topic of books. And um, so, not saying that this is the best of the best, but really want to emphasize our experience. Yeah, it's a, and that's what I think is nice. Like we, like you said, the word personal. Like it's a very personal, individual experience um, with yourself and some kind of writing and. But isn't everything through life kind of personal? Like, true. But I guess like, I unless feel, mm-hmm. unless you literally step into someone's sho- else's shoes, like everything's gonna be your own experience. Yes, I guess I just try to like make. I, for me, this feels a little bit different. And I have two in front of me um, of the actual books themselves um, that I kind of discovered as a child or growing up, and I mean I they really interrupted my life and like changed the course of my life dramatically and how I thought and felt about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
they were things that I mean, I might have mentioned to other people, but it was something I knew that just I couldn't put into words to describe. Like it really resonated or something. Yeah. And I didn't even know what that word meant. I was just like, this is like, it felt like it was completely penetrating my entire being on both like a physical and like transcendental level. And I didn't even have the vocabulary at that time for that. Um, and so one of them, and it's like, and they were like, happened to be in my family's bookshelf. One of them was um, James Harriet's All Creatures Great and Small, um, <laughs> really. Um, with his, I liked because uh, my my mom had a book of his that was mainly illustrations of like English countryside, which I thought were really pretty. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is before I could actually read. I would enjoy, I love like just reading the stories out loud. So I would go through the pictures and just make up what was being said. Your own stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that about books as well of just with pictures just the imagination and um um so i thought that was neat and so i kind of have like i'm just gonna like kind of tap it i do have it here with me and i like to carry it around wherever i move and um the other book i have is the um the novel by um ayn rand um anthem yes okay yeah that's connected immensely with me and i think um really drove home the idea of like the power of knowledge and truth and access to information kind of like we just talked about about um accessibility and freedom of thoughts and everything mm-hmm. it's to be really clicked for that that's good i have yet to read both of those but one day hopefully but like that's i mean to me it's like you don't i mean i can i i recommend but yeah. you yeah. don't have to um because it's just trying to meet a certain Personal time. preference but um, i I think my influences, well, I mean, I, I feel like I have had quite a few, but I'd say for my youth, um, very predominant one was as cliche as it may be the Harry Potter series. And I know many, many, many people of our generation will say Harry Potter and it means something different to everyone. So some people, it's mm-hmm. all about acquiring the merchandise and, you know, like being part of the world that way, you know, going to Universal Studios and playing all the Wizarding World stuff. But it always felt so commercial to me, like, you know, my family was not necessarily the wealthiest. We didn't necessarily, uh, my parents at least didn't cater to <laughs> my every wishes for everything. So I had to make <laughs> everything my own, you know, um, and I just felt like I kind of owned the world in my own way. Like, you know, had my own mind adventures, you know, in Hogwarts with Harry and his, Hermione and all the buddies. And, you know, I played Quidditch with them as much. And I kept dreaming of like engineering ways to, you know, make Quidditch a real thing or... Mm. Uh, I would I would take a stick from a forest um, that I would you know frequently tread through. I got a friend who had visited Phoenix, Arizona, to bring back a bird feather so I could say I had a phoenix feather just like Harry Potter did. Made sure it was like nine and three quarter inches, wrapped rubber bands around it for like a handle, and that was my <laughs> like a grandfather back in my day. But that was really I mean like what I did for entertainment. <laughs> And, um, you know, just kind of like daydream about ways I could make Harry Potter stuff real, you know, like the invisibility, like the whole world just really enveloped me. All my English essays, I am amazed to this day how I got away with it. Um, but all my SAT essays and my English essays that were very like serious and, you know, like introspective about the nature of humanity and Hamlet and, you know, like. Um, you know, buildings, room, and everything. Somehow they all were able to connect to Harry Potter and I still got A pluses. So I'm positively shocked that my all my English teachers put up with, you know, my 
insane obsession Mm -hmm. but I think I connect to it because it's given me like a reach of friendship and 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 like a world of possibilities um that I never really had access to like in my personal life you know Mm. in the real world (laughs) and I think it really related to like the world of Harry Potter because it gave me something that I could control in my mind at least you know like if I go to sleep and have dreams about you know the world of Hogwarts or whatever adventures you know we get up to Mm -hmm. it it was you know a form of I guess lucid dreaming where you could you know control your own adventure and you know at least that was something that you could be in charge of whereas in the real world you know you're subject to the whims of your parents your teachers your friends you know whatever you can't you can't always like have your own way (laughs) Hmm. not to come off as a control freak but you know that's just the way of the world you know um so it was it was nice to you know be able to have that creative freedom and you know figure out ways to make it a personal experience (laughs) we keep going back to that word personal (laughs) Personal but yeah no it's it's so it's been very near and dear to my heart and still is even though as an adult so yeah definitely formative for me mm-hmm. made things come alive i just have to say stephanie i mean thanks so much for sharing all that but it was really i really love just now of like hearing in your voice that whole little soliloquy you just did of like the excitement of like i could just hear mm. this genuine just joy and excitement that was just like bubbling over and then like I could, I mean, I just, you just, you just took me, I don't know about interrogating, but you just took me on this really wondrous journey of like where, where those books and I've taken you, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's, there's now all these additional commercial features of, yeah, the Harry Potter world and merchandise and et cetera. But the main thing is, yeah, just the moment you have with the actual books. Um, Yeah. The world building is my favorite part of most stories mm-hmm. i think there's two points i was just thinking of as well i mean we talked about you know you know so we both like the physical pages and everything um mm. and they are you know it is visual but i've had the opportunity in university again like i mentioned with all those like fun resources of um sure. braille i i checked out a few ah. books in braille and okay. one of my favorites was an astronomy book in braille okay and are all the stars and stuff in braille well, it was it was actually a picture book kind of thing in a way, but it was interesting okay. to see because um, it had the planets to help you understand the scale. So it had a planet, it had the sun, like a circle between the sun, and it would be outlined in, in Braille dots. And then it'd be a smaller circle um, to show the scale of the sun to Earth or, you know, yeah. or our galaxy to our solar system. And you could just by the size of the dots on the so, page. So was the, so you said... The and the text was in braille. An outline or the mm-hmm. sun was itself embossed like uh you know raised like the whole sun so no, it, just the, the whole circle. it was just an okay. outline yeah but, I mean, okay. but some okay. of some section some um stellar objects were completely quote-unquote like solid in being mm-hmm. embossed um but the larger items were just outlined um, sure so i thought that was amazing that um That's quite cool I'd to understand occurred to me that are very visual i feel yeah um, and then, I mean, I just also wanted to mention another thing that came up for my in my mind when we we're talking just now in Terabang that 
might be a future episode or just just another topic would be uh you know um how this this whole personal process you know it it is different but it's quite similar to the process of like journaling and and writing you know cathartic writing um of you know and how those are sometimes become published books like i'm thinking of a diary of anne frank for instance how that was just like a person's diary oh, recently for me i have one um matthew mcconaughey's green lights it's a bit of memoir mm -hmm. um bit of journaling he like wrote journals for 20 years but also a little bit of his life philosophy and it's not like in a preachy manner necessarily it's just what he's gleaned from life and uh -huh. if you choose to take any of that advice or learn from his mistakes you know be his guest but also you know know that he's not trying to you know proselytize everyone yeah. into yeah. the ways of the McConaughey you know but um, I thought it was a very lovely book and seemed to resonate with me quite recently so I did a lot no that's but yeah sorry going back to your thing memoirs so I just wanted to just touch base as well, like we'd mentioned with the comics, like something that we is we didn't touch on today, but um, might touch on in the future because yeah. it's uh, for me and I think Stephanie just kind of hinted for her, like there's uh, there's something we would like to discuss and and share. But um, but yeah, um, Stephanie, if you wanted to take over. Long now. story short, we like books. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> predictively our last topic is music um however we can't really hear the songs from books unless they're music books you know like sheet uh -huh. music or one of those wonderful little toddler books where you press the button and then Ooh, it plays a tune those are fun um which they're great um i have a couple to recommend actually <laughs> but um we'll move on to the movie and tele show adaptations of the books and this is also um, sorry for my, my little to, ju to judd in here sorry i think something to, to note is which the or there's an order effect right of if you read the book first or after so either goes i would just oh. say yeah i i think um when i put the list together mostly um i was just thinking of it the music like being able to transport you to the world um without me having to explain much at all you, you just listen to it and take what you will from it because that's that's mm -hmm. the nature of this particular media and, and also books like you take what you want don't let other people tell you what to take away because it's it's all you you got <laughs> this in tarot bang <laughs> um so first up we have from pride and prejudice then the 2005 movie um with Keira knightley and matthew mcfadden um dawn by dario marinelli um and then following that we have alan silvestri's forrest gump suite from mm. the titular eponymously named forrest gump movie <laughs> um uh following that yet another alan silvestri and tom hanks movie um the polar express suite which mm. is a fantastic um one where it goes through i think pretty much all the main spots of the polar express movie and it's great takes you on a whole journey like the mm. polar express yeah. uh following that is uh you know speaking of journeys we'll have concerning hobbits by howard shore you know from the lord of the rings movies and it's a underlying motif that goes through a bunch of the songs i believe and throughout the movie and or movies the whole franchise mm -hmm. really yeah uh, and it's lovely and peaceful 
um, with a lot of hope of, as well and gives you that sense of yeah. a grand adventure and what's out there in the world, but also some things to come. And then the pastoral element of how cozy it feels to be at home, you know, very grounding as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of also reminds me of like the warm and fuzziness that you get from hearing um, only the beginning of an adventure by Harry Gregson Williams from the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe movie from, I want to say like uh, early 2000s ish. Yes. Yeah. Another, I think those are kind of, it's almost like for me, at least it was a kind of a contemporary of the Harry Potter um, mm-hmm. of just um, kind of just a, an, a, um, a book series based on escaping another to another world, book. another realm. Yeah. yeah. Really. Through a wardrobe. Yes. You know, although this song, I believe may have been at the end of the movie because it's the end of the soundtrack. I have listened to these many many times during my formative years <laughs> i know where they are in the in the cd list date me um yes and then following that we have some um lovely mysterious suggestions would you like to bring this one on board michelle oh i like the rhythm you had going if you can oh, keep it up okay Sorry, i was i was enraptured by <laughs> tuning into you <laughs> all right thanks i'll take that as a compliment yes compliment yes uh, right, so we've got some Sherlock Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. We've got the Russian version of um, Sherlock Holmes, which I think is very underappreciated these days. I think also um, because it was, I think that could be because it was came out during Soviet, Soviet Union times. rule in like the eighties. Sure. So I think the publicizing of it is a little controversial. Maybe I don't we know. may not have a copy of it on Spotify but mm-hmm. you can maybe look it up on YouTube or maybe we'll find a version on YouTube mm-hmm. that you guys can listen to. But the Russian Sherlock Holmes, if you guys are fans of Sherlock Holmes, definitely worth listening and watching because they pay attention to a lot of the details and um, it's very commendable um, how they've done it, how they've done such a good job. Um, so there's that, um, the Adventure of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Uh, and then going on to perhaps the better known Sherlock um, of the modern era. Um, I'm, I'm, is... I'm grinning hugely <laughs> right now because a terrifying, I just, this is like a, a landmine of so many things for Stephanie. Oh, come on. And I just come want to see how controlled she can be and keeping it to a few I lines. Absolutely controlled. Um, well, just, just listen. Um, <laughs> We've got three songs for this, it. Just keep in mind, interpreting this show is a requ- it's an initiation requirement to become Stephanie's friend. It's it's a requirement. Yes. She it, if you I, pass the test of watching the I show will, with her, she will continue. I will make people sit. I will sit people down next to me and force them to watch. I've been through the it first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I don't trust them to enjoy it fully without my company. <laughs> And I apparently I passed the test because I'm still Unfortunately, here. I'm one of those people who are like, pay attention to this, this part, this part's important. I try yeah. not to. You I were try like, to reel it. You were like physically on top of I'm me the whole time. Very, very sorry for that. I apologize for But I, it was voluntary and I am still here. And I guess Somehow I passed. Somehow you stuck with my madness and I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks. Um, and hopefully thank you Interabang for sticking with us um, while I haven't even introduced the songs from this ridiculous show ridiculously amazing Um, it's from the BBC Sherlock series as you might have heard Um, the opening titles might might have heard or guessed Um, 
if yeah, from my various insinuations of Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <and Brady. laughs> um, yes. So opening titles from season one, prepared to do anything from season two. Oh my God. It still gives me heart. Steady, steady, issues. Stephanie, steady. Okay. Um, and then number three, a fun little one, Lestrade, the movie, just to give him some, you know, screen time. Uh, fun stuff. And then um, the classic by another friend of the podcast, Hans Zimmer, Discombobulate from the Robert Downey Jr. Jude Law movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I wish there were more. Um, but yeah, fantastic uh, songs about Sherlock. Good guy. Uh, and then talking about famous people who have... Uh, transcended the decades um bond james bond uh you know he's got a theme mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very iconic um i think each guys should give it a listen john barry was the guy who composed it and apparently there's an orchestra named after him so that's the version we decided to go with um <laughs> um keeping up with the adventure action kind of idea um, perhaps not in the espionage realm. We've got the Maze Runner movie. Um, I know there's like three at least right now, but I'm keeping it to the first movie soundtrack. Um, the Maze Runner is like the opening theme. It's, it's literally called that. And the finale. Oh my God. It's very epic. Are you breathing? <laughs> Make sure you're breathing when you're going to this list. I can <laughs> sense you're not breathing as much. I think I'm breathing quicker. Um, okay. Yeah, I think the pulse has just gotten up a little bit as I got more excited. Yes. Uh, okay, and now some lovely randomness, because who doesn't love a little bit of Brownian motion in their lives? Uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. Um, this is from a little book called uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> um, I, th- I believe it's the opening song from that movie or from the book maybe um and and stephen fry i love stephen fry but he's got this mellifluous voice um Mm -hmm. and he starts narrating and then it just breaks out into this like broadway-esque um (laughs) cheery song about the end of the world it's wonderful so Mm. give that a listen uh if you will and then um uh in the same vein of craziness because i've mentioned how much i love craziness in this episode uh we've got charlie and the chocolate factory classic rolled doll man i kind of i know he's a bit of a touchy author now you know with modern political correctness and stuff but loves his stories you know um but yeah so the most recent uh charlie and the chocolate factory i guess with uh johnny depp freddie highmore mm-hmm. um i had two songs because i couldn't pick one <laughs> the main titles because it was really all over the place it goes from like absolute insanity to a very home warm feeling uh you know with you know charlie and his mother cooking cabbage soup in their humble little english cottage or wherever the country they may be from is um so that's great and then the end credit suite it's just it's most most of this um list i'm beginning to suspect is like the beginning and the end of the movie <laughs> but that's where all the best music is <laughs> um yeah so end credit suite it's it's got all the highlights you know of the oompa loompa song augustus Gloop, all the favorites mike tv Gasol, <laughs> you know it's just got everything um yeah and then of course we mustn't forget charlie or er, the original willy wonka and the chocolate factory uh with classic gene wilder 
um, you know, singing Pure Imagination, uh, which was sensational. It just kind of makes you, your mind just kind of drift away to mm. one new place, you know, just come away uh, with me on Pure Imagination. I'm forgetting the lyrics, but, you know, just <laughs> go on that boat ride. Right. Uh, it, it gets a little weird in some places, but, you know, on the whole, who doesn't want to sail down a chocolate river? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't fall off the boat. <laughs> Oh goodness, uh, yeah. And then um, you know, some more weird different worlds. Uh Cloud Atlas um was a wonderful movie. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not or read it. It's I know there's a whole debate between books versus movies, which is better. Uh there's a different feel with the movie than there is with the book, as most cases are. Um but in the book, it's like there are, you know, a couple different characters, but they go through different lifetimes and these, you know, experience different perspectives but they're still the same people so it's kind of like reincarnation a little bit you know they got you said sorry you said that they experience different perspectives yeah different perspectives Mm -hmm. um but they're the same soul so you know if they meet up in like a different time 100 years from now okay and they look very different you know but the personality is kind of the same um so cloud atlas sextet kind of like has hits home i don't know it, it kind of goes back to the motif. There's a very steady pulse, you know, that kind of remind you the essence of it, but then it kind of goes off into different directions, but always comes back home. And it's, oh, I love the beauty of the piece. Um, so that's re- made by Tom Twyker, um, Reinald Heil, I think, and uh, Johnny Kimmick. Mm-hmm. I could mispronounce the names, but beautiful, beautiful piece um, based on piano. And uh, there's more instruments that are added. Wonderful. Um, definitely read the book uh by david mitchell and then of course we come to the conclusion we come to the magnum opus dare i say um harry's wondrous world by the almighty and great john williams Mm. um and i hope that this song sends you to many places you know sends you to scotland or wherever Hogwarts may be in your imagination. It sends you to warm and fuzzies. It sends you to happy times. It sends you to a little bit of the worst of times, but you remember the best part of those, you know, whether 2020 may have been a good year or a bad year for you. You know, it makes you remember all the best bits and, and feel grateful for having lived, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy, but you know we're grateful to have you it's been a wonderful year um i'm sure things could have improved things could have gone different ways but we're glad to have you here in terabang i'm glad to have you michelle same to you stephanie and terabang even if you're listening to this and it's not approaching a new year just know that even if it's the two a future listener in terabang down the road absolutely we are just at any time grateful for your company yes um thank you for listening to this and we've i don't know about you i've had a whale of a time so it's been great it has been wonderful and thank you for those great uh closing words there uh closing sentiments wonderfully wonderfully put and uh all the best um may may yeah may you all have a wonderful pleasant healing relaxing restorative time and uh look forward to hanging out with you next cheers